Hello and welcome. This is Stephen Ward. I hope you enjoy this episode. During the time that I was in intensive care, one fine day my wife came to visit and like you do, decided to contact or to look for a doctor to get an opinion and had the misfortune to run into a Frau Dr. Popescu. The name says it all. A young up and coming Eastern European that had a chip on her shoulder. Would that be the right way of describing her, Heide? Yeah. Right. So tell us what happened. She basically told me that if, if you ever wake up from the induced coma, which is unlikely, uh, you will more or less, if you survive, be a vegetable. She didn't use the word vegetable, but she more or less told me there's no chance. Hoffnungslos, no hope. No, yeah, no hope. That was nice of her. And she said that she shouldn't, she shouldn't talk to me like this because she had, she had already once got in trouble because of that. But she thought it was important for me to know. That's the way she put it. And uh, yeah. So she thought it was important for you to know. That's, there's no chance that you will. Come here, I want to tell you something that it's important for you to know. What a way to start a conversation. Well, hold on, you were asking. No, I wasn't. But clear. this was her professional opinion. She, what age was this lady? She was young, maybe in her, I don't know. 40s. 20s. No, late 20s. Late 20s. Yeah. Ah, she's not had enough sex in her life. That's another problem. I'll be careful about what I say if we publish this. Yeah, yeah. so she basically told me that because of the massive bleed that you had, the chances are very bad. So I shouldn't, yeah, I don't know what she said exactly. Um, don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up, something like that. No, I, did, I don't think she said that, but she said that the chances are not good. And, and then I, I just said to her, I said, I'm going to ask you one question and I'm going to leave. And then she said, yeah, ask me. And I said, well, am I still allowed to have a bit of hope? She said, of course. And then I left and I was crying because it was horrible. So this, uh, this karma, got karma written all over it. Well, it was only after about a week. And after that, I decided I'm not going to speak to any doctor anymore. I'm going to just go in and see, you know, visit and then find out from the nurses. Because the nurses, although they weren't really allowed to say anything, they would give you some little bits that made you, you know, feel... Uh, positive. Positive, uh, yeah. Crumbs, breadcrumbs, if you like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the nurses are, they're at the call front, so they know more than from Popes. Did, I'm sure. yeah, and some doctors were lovely, but I just didn't want to have any more of this. Uh, I don't know. So I just decided no more. I, I didn't. I didn't ask for doctors, but if there was a doctor, and if she told me something, I'll eat up something. I was very, but I didn't really go looking. But so this is another thing. You have to be kind of very careful about what kind of information you take home with you from the hospital post event. You need to get. I don't know. You were emotionally charged as well. Yeah. But I suppose the one thing is that some hospitals will have some social worker type person who can sit down and go through this with you but we were all at that stage we were in the clinic so the Rexa is a bit of a factory so they didn't have probably the resources to deal with just you on one one-to-one I think later I don't know if there was social workers but I, uh, the nurses were lovely that's uh, okay so this is not just social, there was social workers, but they were they were helping you with other things, like getting you transferred. Okay, yeah, they were busy with the admin stuff. Traveling and stuff like that, yeah. Okay. There was no social distancing. No, you see, that's the problem. It's at this stage, it's an acute. It's just, I need to stop the bleeding and then see how they continue from there. Put a plaster on things, you know what I'm saying. Mm. Okay. Jeez, you must have been shocked after that engagement with 
your woman pop. How did you proceed? Yeah, Jackie was waiting outside in the garden with the two boys and I went downstairs and I told Jackie what this doctor just had had said to me and we both started crying because we were shell-shocked. We we knew it was serious but we were still hoping. So we went home and we, as far as I remember, we spoke all afternoon, all evening, all night and then we decided no. And we googled a lot. I remember that we googled a lot and, and tried to find, uh, you know, cases where people did come out and um, were basically normal or more or less so. So we decided at the end, we decided, no, Stephen is a fighter. He will come through and he will prove her wrong. So the next day when we came to see you in the hospital, we were both standing next to your bed and there was nobody around, no nurses, no one. I think the boys were outside. So um, we just spoke to you. because people say that you would be, you know, you could hear us. You never know how much the people who are in a coma hear. So we asked you to prove Dr. Popesco wrong. We told you there is a see you next Tuesday <laughs> on this ward, we said. And uh, So we, you spoke in a language which you knew yes, I would understand. Yes, yes, and we told you, you have to, you have to prove her wrong. We said you are um, a fighter and we, you, we know you can, you can get through this and you know, we know you can fight your, your way back. And um, we asked you, we begged you, basically, we begged you to prove her wrong. And then I think it was a week later, maybe 10 days later, 10 days later, I think, and, and strangely enough, the day... It was on the hold on. It was on the twenty fourth of June. I got a call from the hospital that you're being transferred to Bad Eibling. But it was before that. Oh no, it was no, it was was it? Oh God, I'm getting it mixed up now. But I think one day I got a call from the hospital that you're awake. So, but they basically did because it was an induced coma. So they would try and get you out of it. I don't know how it works exactly, but then. They managed, so they realized that you're not fighting it. Because before that, when they tried to get you out of the coma, they realized that you were fighting against, so they knew that you're not... I don't know how it exactly works, but then they put you back in, you know, they realized that it's too early. Okay. But this day, they tried again, and apparently you were okay. So, uh, we, we I think Jackie was still there, so we went to see you, and we were delighted, obviously, um, but of course you wouldn't really react to anything. But that day, she was on duty again. And when we came, this Dr. Popesco was in the room. And I just looked at her. She looked at me. She said nothing. And I said nothing. But I knew she knew that she effed up, that she was wrong. And I felt so good. I felt, I felt, I well, never, I'll never uh, you forget know, that. Man sieht sich immer That's what the Germans say. Yeah. You always meet twice in life. I will meet her one day. In yeah, fact, I will go because I want to go back and see Professor Meyer next yeah. time I'm in Munich. Yeah. With anyway. a bit of time, I just swing around. So that was the that was Dr. Popesco, yeah. And I never saw her again, that was it. Because you were transferred, and I think two, three days later, you were transferred to Bad Eibling. Okay, so that's a nice, um, not nice, but it's a nice recanting of, I don't know why I used the word nice. But thanks for sharing that. And also thanks for listening, everybody.